Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you ultimate control. With the XFi app, you can pause the Wi-Fi at the push of a button. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Welcome to the Undead Walking Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Sarah Beth Pollock. Hey guys, I am so excited to be joined today by the wonderful Julian Cannon. If you're a Walking Dead fan, you know Julian Cannon from his work on alternativeminds.com. And um, you can find him on Twitter. And and he's somebody that um, I'm really excited to have on the podcast today because we actually met at Comic-Con last year. So this is like our one year anniversary and I've been really excited to, uh, to chat with him about what he thinks because normally we'd run into each other in press rooms and we didn't get to do that this year. So this is kind of like our virtual press room. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Julian, thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. I'm glad to be on here. I'm also glad to talk about The Walking Dead on a podcast. I don't think I've ever done it for a podcast because the normal podcast I'm on, I'm talking about wrestling. So now it's time to go on The Walking Dead world. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as you can find my work on Alternative Minds and also The Nocturnal and the Big Old Belt Media Group. I branched out to all three. So I'm a, I won't say a jack of trades, but my fingers would love to type. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and, and I I always love the, like, your enthusiasm just can't be matched. Like, you are somebody who, no, no matter what you're talking about, you're always so excited about whatever it is that you're covering. And um, so I, I've always admired your work, and I'm really excited to... Oh, um, thank you so much. I admire that. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's my pleasure. And and honestly, like I like I said, we, we actually met in the press. We were actually, we were actually in line for the press room last for year. For Fear of we were, Walking Dead last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it was going to be like a back-to-back thing because they were going to do Fear and then Walking Dead. And, and um, you know, press rooms are always are always interesting. So it's always fun when you can connect with someone who's friendly and somebody who's, you know, equally enthusiastic because uh, there's plenty of people out there. Um, you know, they, I've, I think anybody who's followed me on Twitter, <laughs> I, I, I've done, I've actually done, I, I did it last year at, um, Oh God, where was I? I was at uh, D23 and I did this Tales from the Press Line Twitter, <laughs> Twitter thread. Oh boy, I, I think I seen that one last year. Yes, <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> because, you know, it, it's, not, it, it's, not to be, it's not to be unkind. I wasn't like, you know, calling anybody out specifically, but observationally, it's always so interesting to see the different people. And, and, and it's almost in a way disappointing. Sometimes I, I don't like being in press rooms just because you see people who don't care, you know, like they're there to do yes. their job and, you know, and that's, that's fair. Not, you don't have to be a fan of everything you cover certainly, but it's the people who are so jaded and they don't like it and they 
vocally say how much they hate, you know, like, oh, I hate being here. I hate right. this show. I hate, you know, I hate these actors. <laughs> and then they turn around. And as soon as the camera comes on, all of a sudden they're fans again. And that's one of my pet peeves. And, and you know, I, I, I have a policy, like, I don't want to cover anything that I don't like personally. I, I just don't have time for that kind of negativity. So, um, so that's why I like your, you know, I love your enthusiasm. And I think that's why we connected last year because, you know, it's, it's genuine and it, it's coming from a good place. So do you want to so. talk about the story of how we met? Because I know we was both on a line, but then I overheard you saying Undead Walking. Then I thought to myself in my head, wait, I know Undead Walking. I just didn't know the people were behind it <laughs> <laughs> until, <Yeah>. until that moment. <laughs> well, you know, so it's funny because I actually, um, until recently, I, you know, like, I think I have a picture on the website, but like, I tend to kind of go under the radar. Like I don't pick, post a lot of pictures uh, just for whatever reason. Right. And um, so it wasn't like when you, I think when you turned around, I remember you turning around and, and being like, oh, like I know that site. And then <laughs> it occurred to me, like nobody would really know that I was, you know, unless like we met on set or something, like nobody would really know that I was the one behind that. And um or, you know, one of the members of the team behind it. So, so yeah, that I, now that I think about it, like that, that is like, you, I remember you turning around and being like, oh, undead walking. Yeah. Like, and then for a minute I was just like, oh my gosh, I've been discovered. And then I was like, yeah, but yeah, that's, that's okay, Sarah Beth. It's okay. Like <laughs> you're, you're in a press room. It's okay. But um, yeah, no, that's um, yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, that was a, that was a fun, and it was, it ended up being a really fun press room too. It was, it was a I good. I loved it. I think I loved it better than a 2018 one, even though it was Andrew Leakin's last one. Yeah, no, it was, it, I think, I mean, last year was like, it's, it's funny to think of it as being like the last one for a while, because it's going to be a while before we, we have another press room like that. Oof, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's weird to think that that was, that that was, that was it. But at the same time, I think it's, you know, it, it, it was so cool kind of going into season five for fear and, and season 10 for the walking dead and, and, you know, getting excited about that. And people were, you know, obviously it was Denai Guerrero's, um, she just made the announcement that it yes. was her last season. So it was bittersweet. And, um, but I think, I mean, it was, it was touching and it was, and, um, and, you know, something I, I know we're going to, you and I are going to talk about the, the, panels right uh, we're gonna jump into that but i it just occurred to me um just to give kind of the the listeners kind of a sense of what those press rooms are like with the panels they divided everybody up into two groups and that's how they generally run the press rooms because there's so many members of the cast it's very rare that you have a press room with the entire lineup so they they tend to divide everybody up into two groups so you know that was another you know something that i think they pulled from the um you know, something from the press experience, at least that, you know, you don't, you don't often have the entire group of, of cast members in the same spot at the same time. So, you know, being able to, to interact with the different cast members with these, with these panels was kind of special because that doesn't always happen. So. Exactly. Especially at the, at that time too. In fact, were you also at the 2018 one too? I was, yes. Where were you sitting on that one? Because I was with a few other people, and when we was waiting for about 20 minutes, I was just cracking jokes of two other people about wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, was, I was in the back. I was, I was running late for that one. I remember I had to, I was in the middle of, of something else, and, and like Comic-Con, you know, and that's, 
that's actually one of the things that I loved about this virtual Comic-Con is that you can actually get to where you need to be without stressing about it because um, I, I had been over at the Hilton. I was at the Indigo Ballroom covering something. And so I had to make that run across, you know, so it's, you know, anybody who's like, oh, yeah, there's 15 minutes between panels or, you know, 10 minutes between press press rooms or anything like it, that's just not enough. It's like, it's like having a college class on the other side of campus and you have to run to the other side of campus. And sometimes you make it and sometimes you don't. And uh, so that was one I was, I was running horribly late for and snuck in the back at the last minute. So. <laughs> you know, I want to also, sorry, guys, sorry. I thought I interrupted. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's why you didn't see me. Cause I was, uh, instead of being at the front of the line, like last year, I was, I was definitely kind of under the radar in 2018. I also want to bring up uh, New York Comic Con because the way they have their press room is much different from San Diego, but that might change next year because they built a hotel right across from the Javits Center. So the press room is in the side of the Javits Center on the third floor, right away from the cosplay area. Okay. So it's all in one. You didn't have to go outside to go to another building to go to the press rooms. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's helpful because that's, you know, it's, it's that's one of the, the, the things that I think make this this virtual concept really special, especially if you're going to, you know, you, whether you're press or whether you're a fan, um, be, I, I actually was reading, a friend of mine had tweeted that she had this list of all the panels she wanted to see. And, you know, with, with conventions, I mean, usually what ends up happening, and I think, I think you'll have this something similar, you know, a similar experience, but you make your list of things you want to do. And then you have your secondary, like your backup list, because yes. the first list never actually ends up working out. You know, like you can't plan for everything that you want to happen to happen. So you have like your, your dream panels and then you have your secondary panels and then you have, you know, like, oh, if I, if I can't get into anything, here's what I'll do. And she said, you know, this year for the first time, I actually like had this massive list of all these panels I wanted to watch. And now that I could actually see them because they were, you know, if, if you watched them, as they came out, you could watch every one of them. If you could just sit on the couch all day and watch every panel. And she said, I have to actually cut the list because I can't watch all of this. Like I don't have time to watch it all, but I could watch it all. And I think that's a really interesting point that you can actually, um, yeah, you can actually do that now. It's, and that's, it's only possible because of the virtual, the virtual panels. Um, and that's not something that you can actually do it in practice at probably 90% of, of fan conventions just because of crowds and not being able to get into the rooms or, you know, having something come up and, and not be able to make it to where you need to be. So I think that's kind of an interesting, um, I, I think it's a valid point that now that, you know, <laughs> now that you can see everything, what do you actually, you know, what do you do? And, and I think you actually end up spacing out a five-day convention if it's virtual. I think it, it turns into probably a month. I mean, I know I personally, I'm going to have to watch those Walking Dead panels probably a few more times between now. Yeah, because we got to analyze every single thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and it's so great, too. I mean, what did you what did you think about, um, you know, just in general, what did you think about the panels being virtual? Like, what did, did you enjoy the, the setup and the way that they, they did these this year? 
As far as Walking Dead goes, I enjoyed how they set it up. I enjoyed the execution too. And shout out to Chris Hardwick. He had on the um the carpet from the Shining shirt on. <laughs> I realized <laughs> I realized that literally minutes into the panel, I was like, "What? How long is it going to take for anyone else to notice?" And he had to say it himself. <laughs> Forty minutes into the panel, <laughs> I love the execution. I'm surprised of the editing too because <clears throat> here I thought it was going to be live at first when they first announced it. Think mm -hmm. of if this was live, the servers would probably crash. So I'll have to say to myself, good thing this was taped in advance. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as the other panels go outside of The Walking Dead, um, I was kind of mixed about it. I mean, WWE had a good one for Mattel. Uh, I also saw all of the Amazon ones, and there are a few mm -hmm. ones I did not um, see until this morning. The Marvel Comics one I've seen too, I like that one. I also want to say that I miss the fans. <laughs> I know you probably do too, but I miss the fans. I miss the excitement whenever everyone comes out cheering after announcement or whatnot. It kind of didn't feel the same for me outside of The Walking Dead because, you know, everybody else was watching it live tweeting like I was. And we was also live blogging. So we was doing three things at the three things at the same time. <laughs> but I, I miss the fans. And hopefully next year, if they, if they do decide to do virtual again, I just hope it's kind of like a hybrid show live online for everyone who did not get into the panel rooms and have it there in person both at the same time definitely definitely and you know the one thing i will say that i, I absolutely love about the virtual setup is that at comic-con and i'm not sure how this works at, at new york but at comic-con the walking dead panels are 45 minutes and oh, same exact same exact way Okay. And so, you know, by the time you get the introductions and the applause and, you know, all of the little breaks that, you know, happen between questions and, you know, you don't actually get 45 minutes of content. You get, you're in the room for 45 minutes and, and you don't get that. And so to have a solid hour with the cast and it's still, it's all driven by fan questions. Like I thought yes. that was really great. I mean, I, I don't think that you can match that in a live experience because of, you know, because of the, the crowd and, and obviously the crowd makes the excitement. I mean, it's, it's hard when if someone cracks a joke and then nobody's laughing on the, you know, on a zoom call because they're not, you know, there's nobody there to laugh or to clap, but um, I would trade that for the, the ability to, you know, to have an hour with the cast like that. I mean, that's, a, that's just not something that you see. Um, you know, even on Talking Dead, like, I mean, yes. you don't get that experience on Talking Dead either. And, um, you know, so it, I agree, you know, hats off to Chris Hardwick for, for keeping it together and for running a smooth show and, and, and to Yvette Nicole Brown for, um, you know, the Walking Dead. Oh, universe. yeah, she had no one on uh, Saturday, too. <laughs> yeah, the family hangout, you know, like, it, I think that that just, you know, they're just, they're just running questions, basically, you know, fan questions. And I think that was, that really seemed to work. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do in the future, see how they, they deal with that for sure. Have you entered in the Hall H before or even seen the line? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I actually have uh, camped out in the line. I've, I've camped in the line. I've uh, missed panels because I was stuck in the line. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, because I, I mean, I've been going to Comic-Con long before I was a writer, so it's- Yeah, I have too. <laughs> you know, so, it, you know, and I think everybody kind of gets their, uh, you know, they have their little secrets and, you know, like I, one year I had a friend of a friend who was working um, as an usher. And so she, <laughs> she had these bathroom passes and she's like, if I can get you a bathroom pass, then you can come in 
as, you know, like instead of waiting in line and, you know, and I felt terrible about that. And then it ended up, I couldn't even make it anyway. So, it, you know, I didn't, I didn't end up using that method, but apparently, you know, like apparently there's, you know, there's always tricks and people, you know, trying to. Oh, believe me. I've seen it too. <laughs> Not last year, but in 2016, when I've looked at that whole age line, I've witnessed people selling their spots for at least a thousand dollars just to get oh, that yeah. one spot online. I've seen it. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I either laughed to myself, but, and was also shocked to myself too. Like this is the amount of things people will do to get to the front of the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, I, 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 it's funny because, uh, let's say it wasn't last year. Last year was a lot going on two years ago. I, I told my sister, she wanted to go see something. And so I said, I'll, I'll go down. Cause I, I kind of, I love being down downtown during Comic-Con. It, it's just, I love the build up to it. Cause, you know, I'm here in San Diego, yes. <laughs> so we get to see it, you know, as it's being set up and I, and I love that. Um, but I wanted to see, like, I wanted to experience the hall H thing. Cause I, cause I generally don't go into hall H cause I'm usually in like press rooms and stuff. So it, it's a mixed bag for me, but I, I, so anyway, I went and I told her I'd get a, wrist, a wristband for her to come in the next day. And so I said, I'll, I'll hold your space. And then as, as they get close, you know, you can run over, she was getting dinner or something. Right. And it's just, it's such a cool experience because everybody's so pumped up and it doesn't matter that it's like two o'clock in the morning, you know? And then, and I said, it, I remember texting my sister and I said, Hey, you better get here. Cause the blinky blinks are coming. And she goes, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> oh boy! I said, I said, the blinky blinks, you got to get here. They're coming. And she's like, what are you talking about? So pretty soon she gets there. And I said, look, the blinky blinks, they're right there. And blinky blinks, like there's a lot of, of San Diego comic-con, like, jargon you have to kind of get to know and so the blinky blinks are the people who distribute the wristbands they're wearing these flashing vests so that you can spot them so you, you know you don't have to get out of line you can stand in line and you can see them coming from quite a ways away because they're, they're literally wearing flashing vests so um pretty soon you, do, you go on twitter and then there's actual like you know fan accounts you know like the blinky blinks of hall h and so you could you can follow their progress and you know people will call it they'll, they'll like tweet in and say like okay well you know I'm, I'm getting dinner right now where are the blinky blinks and then people give them like a progress report of where they are so they can gauge whether they're going to get a no wristband for for hall h and it, it's such a magical experience and and you know honestly it's it's so it's so relevant to Walking Dead fans because that's the only way you get into that Hall H. If, if it's Friday at San Diego Comic-Con, like you, you're camping out overnight. You're going you're gonna to get your wristband and, and you're going to be there and you're going to stay in Hall H all day. And you know, it used to be because uh, Game of Thrones is usually before yes. Walking Dead. And so that would cause, you know, momentous chaos because so many people would be there for what? For Game of Thrones. Then as soon as it was over, they'd leave. And that meant more people would come in. But there's no, there's not enough time in between panels for, uh, you know, for people to get in on time. And so that was always something, you know, like you wanted to be there before Game of Thrones if possible. And then when the Game of Thrones people left, then you can switch seats and get a better seat. But it's all these well, things. I got to you know, tell a story of that Game of Thrones panel one day, because I know we're talking Walking Dead right now, but one day I have to tell a story of when I went there last year. Because oh, no, I was invited by, it. I was invited by HBO. Well, you want me to tell it now? Yeah, yeah, go for it. I think I right, love so, stuff like this. <laughs> so I was invited to go to the Game of Thrones panel. That was on that Saturday, I believe. It was Saturday last year, was it? Yeah, it was. It was before the Marvel panel. Literally, people going in in doves. Some people going in in the costumes. I love what they wore on. But the panel itself, oof, I wish I did not go inside because we literally got nothing. 
Nothing was told in that panel. Absolutely nothing. I wasted about a half hour. No, it wasn't a half hour. It was about 48 minutes in there. And there was no fan questions either because they know people were going to get at them for that last season. So I literally learned nothing from that panel. That's, yeah, that's, oh man, that would be rough. Cause that's, <laughs> I mean, I remember when they announced that panel and I was thinking like, well, what could they possibly do? And, you know, honestly, that's kind of like what I think a lot of people were thinking about with, with Walking Dead this yes. year is that what can they talk about? Cause there's no, there's no trailers. There's no new, you know, there's no season 11 filming. So there's not much they can talk about. And I'm, so I'm kind of glad that they, they did end up focusing on, um, 10 16 and you know giving a little update and I thought that worked out really well so let's get to walking dead because yeah I was just gonna say I was, uh, yeah I was just thinking about the, the scene that they showed us literally the night before at around 11 at midnight I got that email from AMC I didn't know what it was I opened it and it was that exact scene mm-hmm so I thought to myself, oh, these people are, everyone's going to be excited about this tomorrow, especially when they see that giant mega horde. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I couldn't no, tell you what it was, but I did uh, tease it a little. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I know. I, it's funny because I, I, um, I didn't discover that email until quite a bit later in the morning, like two or three. And I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's an email. But I, honestly, like I, I have to say thank you to um, to all of the publicists at AMC for giving us all of the information yes. um, that they gave us because it was coming out so fast in that you know between the the extended season, which I think is awesome, um, you know, and all the dates and all of the um, you know the the trailer and, and all of the information. I mean, they they gave us a whole bunch of information, um, so that was that was great. Um, so what do you think about this this whole idea of the extended season? So it's not it's not I season was... eleven, it's like ten ten B or ten ten point oh, ten point one. I don't know. Ten it's and like a half. Ten ten B, but yeah, I don't even ten C? Are, are we doing ten C? Like I, I don't know. You know, Sarah, I was curious about that because as much as we knew of what was going to be revealed, that one I did not know. I was curious to see if they actually filmed all these episodes or are they going to use footage that they've already filmed from the previous episodes and make them into one episode. I'm very curious of how they're going to do this and how are they going to release it since they have not filmed anything yet. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I don't, I kind of get the sense that they don't know either, but I don't. You know, like, I think that they probably have stories and I, I've seen online that people have said that it's, it's going to be all new content. And then I've also seen that it's, it's recycled, not recycled, um, but that a lot gets left on the cutting room floor. Yes. Which, you know, I, I could see that being the case, but at the same time, they don't, because of how fast they film, I don't see that there could really be that much extra. It's not like a movie where they have a bunch of extra content. Um so I, I don't know. I think I feel like the only thing I could really see being um, maybe realistic with this is that I could see where they might have uh, like camera crews go and follow actors and kind of, you know, like you could go to New York and you could go to, to Mischief Ranch, for example, and you could you know, get Jeffrey Dean Morgan dressed in, you know, in his Negan finest and uh, film as if it was in Georgia but it would just be Negan. I could see where they could do something like that. And then they could go and, you know, have Melissa McBride film some Carol scenes 
on her own. And I could see where that, you know, like I could, so I could see like individual things and maybe if two actors tend to like happen to be in the same space, um, you know, maybe having them come together and film some scenes, you know, so anybody who's in LA, like they might have something. I mean, there's ways like you don't, you don't have to be in Atlanta. You know, you obviously you're not going to get the set and you're not going to get, you know, the, 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 the backgrounds that we're used to with, you know, Alexandria and Hilltop and all of that, but you could do it. You could film that way. And, and I've heard so many things from, you know, director friends and, and people in the industry saying like filming right now is, is almost impossible because of the restrictions and, and yes, it is. you know, when, when you're filming, uh, you know, you're not filming on a set and that makes it even more complicated because you, there are certain people that you have to have, like with Walking Dead, you're in the middle of, you know, and what I fear the Walking Dead, I think, I think of probably the most because they're, they're really on location in the middle of nowhere sometimes. And so you can't yeah, just say. Yeah, they only filmed a half season on fear so far. Right, right. And uh, in fact, they didn't even, from what I understand, uh, they didn't film a full half season yet. There's still some stuff that needs to be done. So oh, they may be, they may need to kind of go back and, and um, finish that up. But, you know, you, how do you do that? How do you tell, like, say there's a hundred people on set like casting you know, crew and everything they all have jobs to do so even if you have like a scene with two or three people you know i know a lot of the fear cast all lives in la like they're so they could do it they could go back and do some, some um not reshoots because it's it's all new shoots but like they <laughs> could do that um you know, but I mean, between the makeup and the, the location contact. people, yeah, like it's, it's all, there's no way that you could really get rid of people, but there's the, the rules show, you know, that, that you, according to the rules, like you have to, to limit the number of people on set and the number of people doing things, which I can, you know, I could see that on like a soap opera set or a sitcom, you know, where you're in a, in a, uh, an environment that's, that's secure, but when you're in the middle of the wilderness, like, there's certain people that you have to have around because you have to control the environment in a way that you don't have to do on a set. You know, it's not just pushing buttons. It's, you know, um, blocking the sun and, and, you know, setting up the, the camera in the middle of a bush or, you know, whatever. <laughs> setting up fires too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not as easy as just, you know, saying, okay, we're going to go film here. It's just, I don't know. And just when you think that the hard part is already finished, no, no. Then comes the post-production. They had exactly. to shut down the studio earlier this year because it's a whole team that post-produces that. And I know I've done post-production on videos, but those are just short videos. On Walking Dead scale, a whole lot. A whole lot of clips that needs to be mixed, produced. I mean, post-produced. Mixed, post-produced with the sound and the video effects and the sound effects and the graphics, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's not something that you just do. Um, I mean, there's there's so many people involved, and in, in, I mean, you've been on set before. I've been on set before. I yeah. mean, when you see that, it's you you realize like how difficult this is. And so, I think you know, kind of kind of going back to the panels, like there's a lot that they want to do. It's not for a lack of desire. They want to be filming. They want to be bringing these episodes to life. The reality is, is that logistically, it's just not feasible as it is right now i mean it may be you know maybe in a couple months but i mean i just i don't see anything happening right away and i think that's 
I think, you know, it's, it's nice that they're doing things like bringing back bottomless, bottomless brunch with bottomless Coleman Domingo. Brunch I think, and on you know, nights in with the Morgans. Yeah. Like, I think, I know they're taking a little break right now, but like, you know, bring that back. I mean, that's, that's great. Just, I think people just, even just seeing the cast together, I mean, you do another zoom call, like it's great. You know, like, I think, I think we could, we could all benefit from that. And, you know, why hasn't Bill Russell be McBride did their own show yet? <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be very catchy if she did one. Oh yeah, uh, but I—I I mean, oh, God, I mean, you could have anybody. You could have anybody could be on those shows, and you know, and then October will be here before you know it, and um, October is going to be nuts. By the way, oh, nuts for us <laughs> and nuts for the fans. Let's get I to know. the release dates now. <laughs> so, Fear the Walking Dead will be October 11th. The Walking Dead season finale and Road Beyond premiere will be October 4th. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm thinking to myself, when Fear airs, are they going to start airing all the other episodes or is it just that one episode? Because Road I, Beyond is going to air also. They have to air their season too. Right. And I, I mean, I was actually kind of surprised that they're doing them both at the same time because I would think that AMC would want to, you know, obviously the commercials for Fear were that they were going to be, it was, Fear was going to start this summer. And so yeah, this that's, was, that was definitely the original, a, the original plan. Yeah, and so I, I, I personally thought that there was going to be, you know, get through fear, ten sixteen, which still would, it would have been if they had started if they had started fear in the next couple of weeks, then it would have been the same October fourth date for ten sixteen, and then they can launch uh, World Beyond at that point, and then it would close out the year, and that would give you, you know, seventeen nineteen weeks of content. So doing it back to back, I think, I mean, I think obviously the, 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 the logistic reason behind it has to do with giving World Beyond kind of a launch pad. Yes. So watch Fear the Walking Dead and then watch World Beyond. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a crowded couple of weeks with both of those shows going at the same time. And then um, you know, hopefully by then, and, and you know, I, I feel pretty confident, hopefully by then they're they're doing some filming and I think that's where we'll get the the um those uh, bonus episodes, episodes. <laughs> yeah so you know so it, it won't be too long before you know we'll have the same kind of Christmas break uh in December you know through January and then by the time we come back in 2021 we'll have more stuff to watch so um as far as World Beyond goes I'm gonna say this to everybody that's gonna listen and I know you watched it too I won't mm-hmm. spoil anything but the ending is gonna have people talking Oh, everything. It's going to have I mean, people talking. You know, I, I have to say, and I, I, I've said it, you know, because I'm, I'm not going to pull any punches and people always think that I, I just like everything um, right. automatically. And, and I was not impressed by the first, the first trailer last year when we got it. I was like, oh, this is like a CW show. Like, I, I don't know <laughs> I that I'm ready for I everyone was saying that too. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready for this. And then the second trailer, I was like, wow. And then I got to go out to set in November. And, yes, um, I did too met the cast yeah that's right you were on the the other the other date and um when they explained what the show was about when they you know like the trailer does does such an injustice to what the show is going to be and it's going to be like the, the it's going it's so much darker than i think people realize and sinister and like you say like that you know that the that episode really shows i mean i think it's going to it's certainly gonna gonna set the tone right away that that this is not what you think it is, and um, so I, I'm really excited for people to see that, and I'm glad that it, so much happens um, in the first episode, so that people are gonna see like, wow, 
we're going to keep going with this. And I, I, I'm really excited for that. You know, that one shot in the trailer where it was wasps, a wasp nest on a walker. I was like, oh, oh wait, I, forgot. I cannot curse out here. But I was like, holy snap, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, this is uh, amazing. I thought Winslow was the best walker I have ever seen. No, this probably at least topped or get to its level. <laughs> yeah. I'm so in this, I mean, I know we can't say anything about it, but the stuff they talked about and, you know, the things that they do um, later in the season, like, it's just, I mean, they, they have to get creative and obviously they're in a different environment. So that can lead to different types, types of walkers. You know, they're not, um, I mean, yeah, they film in Virginia, but, you know, it's set in kind of the American heartland. So it's not going to be the same, you know, humid, hot, well, it's still hot, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very different environment. Um, at least for the first part. And I think that's going to lead to some different types of walkers that we haven't seen before. So, so much excitement and so many things. Um, wait, let's, let's jump over to Fear the Walking Dead. Yes. Um, what, I, what were your thoughts about the, the panel? panel or and, and, well, just, just in general, like what were, what were your, what were the things that really jumped out to you? First thing that jumped out to me was where the heck was Austin Emilio? <laughs> <laughs> First thing that jumped out to me. Second was the release date. Third, I love Alicia's clothes she had on. I thought she did amazing in that panel. She was the star of that panel, in my opinion, along with uh, Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love the panel equally as the Walking Dead panel. I also think that this season's going to be much more different than the last four seasons. Mm -hmm. Especially because I like season five. I know a lot of people didn't like season five, but I liked it. Minus the last 10 minutes that threw me into a rage. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've said this all along. I think you and I have talked about this too. Like, I, I honestly think that, you know, if you look at, if you look at the first three seasons, season one and two set up season three. It did. A lot of people had a lot of things to say about seasons one and two that weren't nice. They, they were critical, very critical of seasons one and two, not knowing what was happening, why it was happening. And then season three came along and they're like, oh my God, this is the best, this is the best show. This is better than The Walking Dead. And then people, you know, I understand because it did change so drastically. Um, you know, I think that the, the mission of the show in terms of what AMC wanted, I think it really changed in, for season four. And I think that's, you know, they bring in, they brought in the new, um, the new showrunners. And I think they gave them a mission that said, we need you to reshape and restructure this world because, you know, that was, if you think back um, and you can go back and watch, you know, watch the panels from, yes, from the season two and, 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 and that was, I mean, Robert Kirkman, we are not doing crossovers. We're not, <laughs> that's not what this show is about. And then all of a sudden they're doing crossovers in season four. So some, you know, somewhere along the line, they changed the mission statement for that show. And so the show had to change for it. And that's what we have now. And so, I, you know, it, it's taken a while to get where we are. But now I see, I, I mean, honestly, my gut feeling is that they're about to go into some territory in season six that we haven't seen in the show at this, in either show at this point, you know, I, I don't think the walking dead's even kind of dealt with this, this kind of, um, destructive blow, you know, even, even when the, when the saviors kind of took over Alexandria and were, you know, bossing Rick around, like Rick was still kind of operating on his own. Um, 
and they had a level of autonomy, I think, that, you know, they were able to do their own thing. And, and, and as long as they were keeping Negan happy, like, they were able to do their thing. I don't think that's what's going to happen here. I think it's going to be a lot darker. I think we're going to see something really interesting in season six. That, that's just my guess. But it had to, like, you had to set it up. And so yes, this, right. you know, seasons one and two set up season three. And then I think four and five set up season six. And I think, um, I think it's going to be really exciting. And I think that trailer was just both of the trailers, you know, the, the, the first one and the second one, I mean, that they got people talking, people are excited. Um, people want to know what happened. And I think that if they, if they keep that up and, and by all means, um, the conversations I've had with some of the cast, like they're, they're excited about this and it was unexpected for them. And I, I don't think that they, uh, they saw, what was going to happen but i think now the vision is is clear and so i'm i'm really excited about it i think that it's it really opens up a world of possibility and and it would be awesome if somehow we could get you know i i i'm looking forward to the links between all three shows now i think that'll be really interesting to see and obviously you know there's there's the crm element and there's yes. you know isabel and the helicopters and you know but i i think it's so much bigger than that and i think it's I mean, just, just from a, you know, I, I was talking to Adam, my, my co-host about this, you know, it's, it's funny that it's funny to think that we're starting a podcast about the walking dead 10 seasons <laughs> in, but at the same time, the world's the never, time to start it. well, but I mean, the world's never been bigger. I mean, Julian, like we're, we're about to launch a brand new show. <laughs> We've got, you know, a brand new season coming out of, of a show that, that was the spinoff. The spinoff is going to be six seasons old. This show is going to be 11 seasons old. Um, you know, the comic book series ended, but there's all of these really exciting comic book, you know, things to be excited about, these one shots and, you know, the potential for limited series and character, you know, uh, you know, movies. And it, I mean, it's, it's really an exciting time to be a fan. And I think that this Comic-Con really, it, it was, it was different. It was virtual. We weren't all together, but I feel like I'm, I'm more jazzed about what's going on right now than I've been in a long time. You know, I'm very hyped for it too, because it's not only because of what you just said, but because we've got a lot to look forward to. We got the movies, we got the television series coming back. And did you get your copy of Negan's Lives yet? I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got my autographed copy. I got my silver variant finally in the home. I got it because when I got it a few weeks ago, I got it graded. It finally came to the house today. Oh, wow. 9.8, so I'm, I'm saving that. I've <laughs> <laughs> so, got a lot of stuff to look forward to in the universe and The Walking Dead. And going back to the fear of The Walking Dead panel, I liked how Scott Gipple addressed uh, Virginia that she has a sister now. So I'm quite intrigued of how we're going to how and when we're going to see her since he said we're going to see a different side of Virginia mm -hmm. along with the fact that Dwight is Dwight you reunited with Sherry <laughs> it yeah. made me think for a second okay so if you're not going to talk about it why even post the picture <laughs> well but then then Christine Evangelista was on the um the family hangout so it's like they've they've kind of embraced that she's going to be there and I think the mystery is why is she there? Yeah, you know, it's obviously yeah she Virginia, said it on the hangout. Yeah, you know, Virginia um, kind of teased that to, to Dwight saying like, well, you know, Sherry's here, which is just kind of mind boggling in itself. I mean, that, that would be like if, 
you know, Negan was like, or, or not even Negan, like, that would be like if the governor had a way of saying like, oh, Merle's here. Like if, he had, <laughs> if he had made that connection, you know what I mean? Like, such a weird, a weird thing to say, but it opens up so much by saying like, oh, somebody from your past that you know is here, you know, and if obviously Morgan, I don't think would have any reason to know who Sherry was, maybe, maybe, I mean, I think there's a lot of unsaid things that we don't get to see off screen. So maybe he does know who Sherry is or knew who she was from when he was, you know, they were both back in, yeah. in Virginia. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, it, it's just, it's a fascinating new world that they've created. And I think now it's, it's now that they've built it, I think The Walking Dead is uh, well known for, you know, once you build the community, you have to tear it apart. And that's where we are now. <laughs> Time to tear it apart. <laughs> it's just since they got a 20 foot tall windmill somewhere in Alexandria. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, like Alexandria is going to be torn apart. I mean, you know, that's, that's about to happen with that, with that massive herd. And, and, um, you know, the community that they built on, on fear, that's about to, that was torn apart at the end of season five and now everybody's split up. And so now, I mean, it's just, it's a really interesting thing to, to think of where everybody's going to be. And, and um, like I said, it's, I think it's an exciting time to be a fan. I fully agree because the Walking Dead family is all family, whether everybody agrees or disagrees with whatever kind of side they're on, we all come together as a family. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the, that's the most important thing is that, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's a TV show and, and, uh, you know, we have to, uh, we have to all get along because <laughs> things are crazy enough now. I mean, now, now more than ever, you know, we're in the middle of, of something that, that, you know, as fans, I think, I, I, I think we were kind of well suited for the pandemic because we kind of watch it unfold on the screen, but, you know, one thing we can't forget is that at the end of this, it's all about, you know, being a family and that you have right. to, you have to be able to, um, to come together even when you don't agree. Cause it's, you know, it's about the humanity of it. So you know, that's San important. <laughs> San Diego Comic-Con passed this last week and next year it's going to be on July. Let's hope we can all get out there next year. I know, I know. And, and, that's, I mean, that's our hope. And I, I think that's, uh, I think everybody's ready to get back together. And, and um, yeah, I think they're going to, I think they just postponed the pandemic dead, yeah, they that did. new convention and um, creation's going to postpone theirs. And um, I, I would imagine they, they will, or if they haven't already. Um, we still haven't heard nothing yet from New York Comic Con. Yeah. So, but I mean, but now it's, it's like, by the time New York Comic Con rolls around, I mean, it would be, it would be premiere weekend. But again, like, what are they going to do? Like, there's not much they can do. They're just going to have to launch the show at that point because there's not much they can tease. And and I think for safety reasons, I don't think it's worth getting everybody together if they don't have to, unless it's virtual. Virtually, yes. It's gonna it's gonna be virtual. It has to be. Yeah. yeah. It really does. You can't pack <laughs> in about two hundred thousand people inside the Javits for four days. Uh uh-uh. uh Yeah. Not in New York. Not now. Yeah, this pan. Let's just say this pandemic messed up a lot of our plans this year. Yeah. <laughs> it messed is, everything up. That is true. That is true. Well, Julian, I am so, I'm so glad you were able to join me today, and um, I would love to have you back and and we can chat more. Uh, 
you know, you're always welcome. You're a friend of the Undead Walking Podcast. So yes. you're always welcome. <laughs> you're always welcome. I'll come to be back here. whenever you need me. <laughs> and um and yeah, so thank you. Thank you so much. And um, you know, we'll definitely we'll chat soon. We just want to thank Julian Cannon for being our guest this week. And um, as always, you can find us on all of the places that you get your podcasts, including iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, Deezer, Podcast Attic, Podchaser, and GeoSavin. And we'll be on uh, iHeartRadio and Google soon, and I will let you know as soon as we get that update. Also, our next podcast on Sunday is going to feature Karen David from Fear the Walking Dead, so be sure that you tune in and listen to that. You won't want to miss it. Thanks, guys. Hudson family has four kids and two options for a new home. Number one checks a lot of boxes. It's big, close to work. Private tennis court. Number two was kind of cramped, and that old barn was clearly haunted. But it has one gig internet with AT&T fiber, so plenty of bandwidth and unlimited data for us to stream 4K movies while Billy games. Tina video chats, and Andrew and Maddie can do homework. HBO Max. Good point, Ghost. AT&T Fiber comes with HBO Max included. Looks like the Hudsons are bypassing the commuter's paradise to go with one gig internet with AT&T Fiber. And a fun new guest. Get super fast, entertainment-grade internet with AT&T Fiber. Now with the limited data included. Find out how to get one gig internet for $49.99 a month for a year. Limited availability in select areas. Call 1-877-ONLY-ATT. Download max typically 940 megabits per second. Speeds not guaranteed and vary. $10 per month equipment via plots. Compatible device and online account registration required for HBO Max access. New residential AT&T Fiber customers only. Other charges and restrictions apply. Visit att.com slash att Fiber for details. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.